I've run global businesses, so how hard can it be to just write a book? I still don't really understand how I do it. Okay, well, um, I guess I'll start. My name is Shaz Khan. That sort of story is inspirational to a lot of wannabe writers out there who feel they have a book in them but are living a totally different life at the moment. And what I actually have found through this whole process is that writing is, is probably the most difficult job I've done. Not only can you, but you should start late. Taking a book the whole nine yards, from an idea in your head to words on a page, from a scribble on a napkin to a listing on Amazon, that's easier said than done. But it's also easier than you'd think. I'm your host, Casimir M. Stone, and this is Readsy's Best Seller, the podcast demystifying the process of self-publishing a book for aspiring novelists everywhere, one episode at a time. This is Chapter One, The Writing Process. And when you think of a writer sitting down to write, what are you really picturing? I mean, the biopic version or the real picture? Be honest here. If you're anything like me, it's probably the former. Manic late nights burning through the midnight oil, or pages torn angrily out of a typewriter. At the very least, a room of one's own. Preferably one with lush rouge carpets and a bay window. Well, have no fear. In this case, Virginia Woolf's seminal feminist thesis that a woman must have money and a room of her own if she is to write fiction still holds up. Shaz Kong has both. I work on a portable computer desk in our master bedroom. We live in San Francisco and we have these huge windows and I have a beautiful view of like the Golden Gate Bridge and, you know, the bay. But for Shaz, a debut author and the subject of this podcast, the similarities to your typical writer end there. The former global GM of Nike Cycling and CEO of Lucy Activewear spent the vast majority of her life as a high-powered businesswoman before publishing her first novel, The Closer, book one of a series called Ceiling Smashers, in 2017. So the story of The Closer is that uh, the main protagonist is uh, Vivian Lee, and she is a successful you know, consultant. But that's not to say that Virginia Woolf wouldn't have been proud of her. So she actually has always wanted to run a business. She ends up getting the chance to um, be hired as a president running a business at a fictional company called Smart Sports. Because when you haven't spent your whole life writing fiction, by the time you finally buckle down to write a book, you're probably going to write about what you know. One of the biggest challenges for her in the story is just winning over some of the guys that she's working with. And vying for a room of her own is all Shaz has ever known. You know, I, I de- definitely encountered men who did not think, you know, women should be senior executives or CEOs. Uh, I had many times in my own career where people said, you can't do this. And whenever people say, you can't do this, or you're going to fail, or you shouldn't be here, that just makes me say, mm, I'm going to make this work. I'm going to show you. Remember how some 81% of people have a book in them, but like, what, 1% of them ever actually get around to writing it? Well, this is the story Shaz had in her. So the story of The Closer is that uh, the main protagonist is uh, Vivian Lee, and her nemesis is this guy named Duncan, who's a longtime smart sports employee. And because of a, a tragedy, her nemesis gets to be CEO. So she's got to work with this guy now, and he's her boss. And he ends up firing her because he feels like she's a, a threat. She's kind of, you know, down and out, and then she figures out a way to create a new game plan and comes back, and ultimately she becomes the CEO of Smart Sports. And this is the story of how and why she wrote it. 
And, you know, I mean, the reason why I actually wanted to write the book was because most of the fiction novels that I was reading, I would see a successful male CEO or male leader in business in a book and then, you know, a a successful female leader. And there was such a huge difference with a male fictional leader. He could be successful and well-liked and have a great personal life and a loving family and, you know, be an athletic person, you know, whereas with female characters, I found that if they were successful in business, their personal lives were totally neurotic. Like they had, you know, 12 cats or they were, you know, desperate to get married or they're obsessed with, you know, shoes or something. Women who are trying to especially reach the CEO level, it is really difficult. Um, You don't get a lot of opportunities. You have a lot of things going against you and um, you just, you have a lot of roadblocks that are put in your way. As a first time author, Shaz did find many roadblocks, but the writing process wasn't one of them. Um, So for me, the writing process was pretty easy. So in this episode, rather than learning from a first time author's mistakes, We'll learn from what she did right. Let's just talk about um, your thought process as you were beginning to write this novel. I mean, it certainly is a different endeavor than the types that you've been taking on in the past. Yeah, you know, it's funny. I I think I probably approached it with a little bit of naivete because I wasn't daunted at all. I just thought, oh, this is going to be a fun thing to write a book. The process of writing a book, and I mean literally writing it, just scribbling and or inscribing and or typing words onto a blank page until your mind is empty and your story is in its first form and finally physically out there, that probably is fun. I mean, in the way that the Olympics are fun for Michael Phelps, so fun, sure, but undaunting? Not so much. For Shaz, it really was kind of like a sport albeit one she'd never played before. I don't know if people normally do it this way, but I did kind of like a, just a, a stream of consciousness. Uh, I started writing ideas and plot points and character um, descriptions. She drew up a playbook. And I just started writing them in a big document in Word. And then I started grouping them and saying, okay, you know, this part would you know make sense for this story or I want this character to have this experience. Then she'd practice. I was taking care of my infant daughter so when I would take them to the park and I'd be pushing them in the swings, I'd pull out the outline and I'd think about it and then I'd start writing in my head. Then it was game time. So then when I sat down when they had a nap time I knew I had 60 to 90 minutes to just write so I'd pull out my laptop and I'd just, you know, I'd just bang it out. And of course, afterwards she'd reviewed the tapes. And then I kind of read everything and I said, okay, I think these ideas are kind of the, um, these are all the ingredients for my book. But what are the ingredients for a book? There's so much that goes into any story, and unless you want to sound like that one rambling uncle at every family reunion, telling a great story is something else entirely. According to countless manuals of storytelling, both the reputable and the cliched, a great story needs five elements. Characters, plot, conflict, setting, and theme. So, essentially... Who, what, when, where, and why do I like... In The Closer, Shaz nails all of those. She's got her protagonist, uh, Vivian Lee. Her plot has always wanted to run a business. Her setting, a fictional company called Smart Sports. Her conflict, winning over some of the guys. And a theme. Whenever people say, you can't do this, or you're going to fail, or you shouldn't be here, that just makes me think, 
I'm going to make this work. But according to a much more well-documented source, Vladimir Nabokov, or was it Harry B. Smith? Augustus Thomas? Steven Spielberg? Okay, maybe it's not that well-documented, but regardless, one of those hugely successful storytellers probably once said that all any story really needs is three things. Some characters to put up in a tree, some rocks to throw at them while they're up there, and some way to get them back down. She, you know, enters this industry and this company where she's not really welcome because she's an outsider. And, you know, she definitely has stumbles along the way and definitely makes mistakes, but um, she, she's able to figure things out. And what I wanted to show was just the power of using your brain and using your creative skills to be able to solve problems and to win people over. Looking at her writing process through those three elements of a story, characters, conflict, and resolution, it becomes kind of clear why, for Shaz, the writing process was pretty easy. Let's start with the first one. Characters. I think one of the things that helped me in my writing process is I'm a pretty good observer of people. So I would remember things and, and later on say, okay, I want to work this into the story or into this character. Do you have an example of any of those? Uh, well, I worked with a I worked with a guy who actually the character one of the characters in the book is this guy named Duncan, and he does this bicep flex pose where he kind of runs his hands through his hair and he you know leans back and he just flexes his biceps. And I worked with a guy who used to do that, and he actually had shortened his t-shirts so they were short enough so you could see his his biceps. And I was and you know when he was making a power move or you know he was saying I disagree and I think we should do this, and he'd like flex his muscles. And I just thought that is hilarious. I, I've never seen anyone do that, and um, I've got to remember that, and I'm going to work it into my story sometime. You might have noticed that the closer mirrors Shaz's life in a lot of ways. That's by design. For any writer, but especially first time novelist, the heart of your story isn't what you create, but what you don't. You know, like a challenge that only you faced, or a job that only you've worked, or a coworker's peculiar habit that only you've noticed. These are the details that make your story seem real, no matter how fantastic or imaginative or creative it gets. And that's the great part about writing. We collect these unique little human experiences throughout our life, and then on paper, we turn them into a cohesive story. We pull characters from our lives, whether it's our parents, our loved ones, our antagonistic coworkers, or ourselves. And then we throw rocks at them. No, not really, but for a story to be believable and interesting, it does need conflict. And for conflict to be believable and interesting, well, it kind of helps if it's pulled from your life, too. It definitely mirrors a lot of the experiences that I had. And, um, you know, there's one experience specifically where um, the character is at a basically a big sports event and um, and somebody comes up to her and he said, are you somebody's date? And she says, I'm here for work. And he says, oh, you must be with the catering staff. And that actually happened to me. 
Okay, so there's no point in beating around the bush here anymore. A book about a highly qualified woman in a position of power fighting against her industry's institutional sexism, or smashing the ceiling, if you will, is more relevant than ever in 2018. This was way before the whole Me Too movement, and um, I think it was. It's actually really timely that it's you know it's out now because it speaks to a lot of the challenges that women are talking about now. But Shaz started writing her book long before hashtag Me Too was a thing, and her story began much further back than even that. She didn't create a conflict for it just because it was particularly timely or stripped from the headlines. Although, as an author, you can always take a bit of creative license. But I, I always try to think, what could be the worst thing if you have this person who's really your nemesis that you're working with? What would be the worst thing that could happen? Oh, if that person could become your boss. But at the end of the day, your most personal stories will always be timely, always be relevant, no matter how divorced they are from the specifics of the reader's day-to-day -day life, because they happened to you at a time in history that we're all living through together. A lot of the experiences that I had, I thought were just uh, unusual or unbelievable. Uh, I tried to work into the book as well. Now, those little experiences throughout our lives don't always have story arcs or themes or clear-cut beginnings or endings. That's why Shaz didn't just tell the story of her flexing coworker or of being mistaken for the catering staff at an event she attended as an honoree. Instead, she started grouping them and saying, okay, you know, this part would, you know, make sense for this story, or I want this character to have this experience. If a story doesn't stand alone, it can be strung together with other ones. But the string has got to lead somewhere. Even if your story doesn't have an ending, it needs to have a conclusion. You got your characters up into a tree, you threw rocks at them, and now you have to get them down doesn't even need to be happy yet. Falling out of the tree can be just as satisfying to readers as a safe climb down. But every story needs resolution. I also just wanted the story to flow naturally, but I did want to have like an interesting arc that came and then a resolution. In literature, the resolution is the point in the story where a main conflict is worked out. And no matter how much you've tapped into your own experiences to write your book, this part always runs the risk of coming across as manufactured. That's why endings are so tricky, because in real life they simply don't exist. But sometimes the writing itself is the resolution. Okay, I know that sounds kind of nonsensical, but hear me out. Your life story doesn't always have obvious arcs or themes, but if you take the time to write out a real experience, outline it and tool around with it, flesh it out and try to make sense of it from an impartial vantage point rather than up close and personal, that can be almost therapeutic. You can examine a conflict at a distance through that blank filter of pen and paper and find the resolution to something in your life that otherwise would have gone, well, unresolved. Still don't buy this idea that writing isn't just storytelling, but also a way to process key moments in your life? Well, then just ask Shaz. Uh, well, there's one character who dies suddenly in the novel, and it's a friend, uh, somebody that Vivian has befriended. And um, when you find out in the, at his funeral that, um, and there's something that, you know, he'd kept under wraps that he was gay. And when his partner gets up to speak, you know, give a eulogy, the 
CEO of Smart Sports, who's now Duncan, is supposed to make a few. And he actually had requested to come and come to the funeral and you know share some some comments about this character Tim, who passed away. And then when he learns that Tim is gay, he gets up and leaves the funeral. And that actually happened to me in uh, real life. There was a person that I worked with who passed away, and they said he had lung cancer. And then at the funeral, they said he actually died of AIDS. And I always felt, you know, he was already suffering, and to keep that, you know, secret just must have been so much more painful for him. But the, the head of the firm heard that, and he left the funeral. And I was like, I cannot believe that. Was writing something like that um, challenging at all, since it was, like, pulled from your own experience into such an emotional sequence? Was, was it at all taxing to write that, or uh, was it more just, like, a catharsis to just get it out there? I think a little of both. For debut novel, The Closer follows a very classic literary structure. Listen to the description of the plot again. So the story of The Closer is that uh, the main protagonist is uh, Vivian Lee, and she is a successful you know, consultant. So she actually has always wanted to run a business. She ends up getting the chance to um, be hired as a president running a business at a fictional company called Smart Sports. Her nemesis is this guy named Duncan, who's a longtime Smart Sports employee, and he's He's, yeah, the muscle guy. And, and because of a, a tragedy, the founders of the company, something happens to them, and Duncan, her nemesis, gets to be CEO. So she's got to work with this guy now, and he's her boss. And he ends up firing her because he feels like she's a, a threat. She's kind of, you know, down and out, and then she figures out a way to create a new game plan and comes back, and ultimately she becomes the CEO of Smart Sports. It's got a protagonist, a plot, a conflict, a setting, and a theme has an exciting incident and a turning point. It has characters, challenges, resolution. And that's by design, sure, but who designed it? Shaz spent a month before the writing process outlining her book, rearranging the story's ingredients, writing it in her head at the park with her twin daughters, but every story has these essential elements. She wasn't creating them, she was simply identifying them and then putting them together. Really, I think a lot of writing is, is kind of like solving a puzzle. It's like you've got components, how do you put them together and piece them in a really compelling way? She needed to reshape her experiences into a greater whole that might not be literally representative of her life, but literarily? Well, she got her characters up into a tree, she threw rocks at them, and then she got them down without ever sacrificing the essence of her story. That's why anyone, from an MFA student to a former CEO, can be a writer. No matter what's popular or underground, what's best-selling or not, using your own life experiences and your own unique perspective to tell a deeply personal story will resonate with readers more than anything else. After her first foray into writing, Shaz Kong has plenty of advice for aspiring novelists to avoid some of the missteps that she might have taken. I think an important thing is just establishing a habit of writing. I really found it helpful to do a very detailed story outline. I just think if you're really passionate about getting your story out there, then just don't give up. But the biggest takeaway I got from my conversation with Shaz was that for someone who had never written fiction before in her life, she sure knew how to take advantage of what she did know in order to find characters, conflict, and resolution. Um, when you're entering a foreign situation, 
Um, you've got to rely on all of the skills and the experiences and strengths that you have and kind of bring them together. Just like Vivian. She, you know, enters this industry and this company where she's not really welcomed because she's an outsider. And, you know, she definitely has stumbles along the way and definitely makes mistakes. But um, she, she's able to figure things out. And what I wanted to show was just the power of using your brain and using your creative skills to be able to solve problems and to win people over. Maybe that's why the writing process came so easily to her. In this process, I was just trying to capture the, the story, what was happening with the characters, um, the sequence of activities and things like that. I, I was trying to focus on the quality of writing also, but for me, the, the main thing was just get the whole story captured and then I can finesse it later. And then I ended up in the editing process doing a lot of finessing. So, um, so for me, the writing process was pretty easy. The editing process, which we'll get to next time, is, was quite challenging. And that's what we call a cliffhanger. Brought to you by Readsy, this is Best Seller. Over the course of this season, we'll follow an indie author's journey from start to finish in five chapters, exploring each step it takes to turn a collection of ideas in your head into a published book. Next up is chapter two, Acquiring an Editor. If you enjoyed this podcast, please leave us a rating, a review, a subscription, or all of the above on iTunes, Stitcher, or the podcatcher of your choice. And if you are in that 81% of aspiring authors out there, stop aspiring and start writing with Readsy. Readsy allows indie authors to find and work with the best publishing professionals, from developmental editors to book cover designers to publicists. Just sign up for an author profile, browse the extensive marketplace of professionals, find the best fit for your project, and set a collaboration in motion. And with built-in contracts protection and mediation from Readsy, finding qualified freelance editors, designers, and marketers as a self-published author just got a lot easier. Go to readsy.com slash loves slash podcast to get $25 credit when you sign up and set a contract. That's R-E-E-D-S-Y dot com slash L-O-V-E-S slash podcast to get $25 off your first collaboration today. Offer valid through January 2019.